0: audio podcast network
1: hello and welcome to the show that will talk about everything from bot flies to sexual assault mainly we just talk about women from history that you haven't heard of because this is whining about history where two longtime friends talk about women from history and drink a bunch of
0: wine i'm kelly I'm Emily and hopefully this is a pretty sexual assault free episode. It is. Okay. I,
1: I talk about a sex symbol, but there is no sexual assault. But we yes. have talked about a sexual assault in the yeah. past. Yeah,
0: Kelly and I were having a pretty interesting conversation about before Forrest this. Gump. Well, we were talking about bot flies, and we were talking about Forrest Gump, and talking about how Jenny's dad's a rapist, and Kelly's like, he was? I'm like, he and definitely was. And then I went and was. Googled it, and I and was like, oh, And she started, yeah. like, reading the whole movie, like, oh, yeah, Not he's all fucking all of it, just sucks. Jenny. <laughs> just how her dad was a piece of shit who didn't deserve to live. But that's it. Hopefully no more, like, no need no. for trigger warnings. We're going to have a pretty upbeat episode. My, my story my, is pretty Mine's pretty, pretty cool. upbeat. Yeah, no, yeah. mine. We need it because last week- Everything else is just My depressing. story involved a woman crawling her way out of the Amazon after being the sole survivor of a group of over 40 people. Yeah, that's where the botflies come from. Yeah. Fucking botflies, man. Can we all just, as a society, agree just to cancel botflies? Just
1: burn them? Burn you, them canceled. The
0: <laughs> you canceled. You <laughs> canceled. Cancel botflies. I mean, we are the cancel hashtag cancel
1: culture cancel. Oh my god, I can't say the word cancel culture. (laughs) I cancel cancel. That's what they say about our generation is that we cancel everything. You know, except for the generation after us that tries to cancel Eminem, which is just dumb. The candy?
0: No, the rapper. Oh. I really have no thoughts on him either way. So,
1: I don't know. I like some of his music. I just think it's interesting that they're like he's obscene. I'm like, "Have you heard some of the music that people like in your generation listen
0: to?" I'm sorry. Have you heard the music that every generation listens to? Right. The only thing that's changed is like the level of subtlety has I mean, adjusted.
1: You mean the lack of subtlety? Yes. In the current music? Yeah. yeah I and- just think it's funny that they're like we're going to cancel Eminem. I'm like, can't you just be like everyone else and tell the generation before you that their music sucks and move on?
0: They're not there yet though. Their generation's music is the music right now. Give it ten years.
1: No, but that's what I'm saying. They're they're trying to cancel Eminem. Yeah. Which is not their music. So I'm just saying, why can't they just say, you old people, which we're not old, but you know, like we you are. You 30, you thirty you thirty you 30-year-olds with your side part and skinny jeans,
0: your music sucks. <laughs>
1: And then I move will, on,
0: bitch. I will die in these skinny jeans. Yeah, my and your side part, and my side. So- I do a side part too. I don't, don't look good with a middle part. No, I, I don't did it either. for a while at like the beginning of the year. I, I didn't look good with it. It's not. A, it's I, not. I, look I will for die. Me. Yeah, I will
1: die with my also, side part in skinny jeans. The
0: middle part is also from the seventies because that's what all of the Bundy girls look like. No, like.
1: And if you look at like the style, that's exactly what's happening. Like they're bringing the seventies back and I'm like, I will live in my skinny jeans instead of these baggy. Like, have you seen like the dresses where they have no shape? And I'm like, what is this? What is
0: this? The prairie dresses that that literally style. I'm like, no, I'm
1: like, I I like a little bit of like shape defining.
0: Can I just say that? in this you have said that we are not old and yet here we are two 30 year old women bitching about that young people. That is
1: not I'm not bitching about young people I'm bitching about their style <laughs> and it's not even <laughs> That's like the same thing but the thing is you have to realize the people that are making these styles are the generation above us yeah and they're just like what are young people gonna wear okay and boomer. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why? Why is that the choice? It's time
0: for the 1800s to come back. Yeah, right. Little house on the prairie. We're not just y'all. going to the 70s.
1: We're going to the 1870s. Yeah.
0: Jesus Christ, God, what is this podcast about? What wine? Are we doing what here? are we drinking? All right. Well, we are uh, revisiting our friend F. Stephen Millier for like the fourth time. You know what? I don't hey, do it on purpose.
1: <laughs> you want to sponsor our podcast? Here's the just funny you? thing.
0: Again, I do not remember buying this wine. I, I think, think you just see just his name.
1: Good. No, see, I don't even think you think it looks good because the the bottles are super plain. I think you just go, oh, it's that one guy. I liked his one wine. Yeah, add it to Apparently,
0: the cart. It's because I'm embarrassed, too embarrassed to buy a box all of cab Saws and Shiraz's. So I'm like, I got to put some Moscatos and shit in there. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> funny. I want a well-rounded wine palette. So we're revisiting... Mr. Millier and his Sweet Selections. This is a 2019 Orange Mascot from Calaveras County, and it says, I'm pleased to introduce you to my Sweet Selections range, a collection specifically made for those wine lovers looking for a sweet, fruit-driven style to complement any occasion. That includes podcasting. Because I was looking for enhanced intensity, I selected orange muscat grown in my home region of Calaveras County to craft this wine. Angel funding has been so important to my winemaking <laughs> career, particularly Emily, who apparently buys all my fucking wines. And once again, I want to thank you, personally, Emily, and my friends, for making this all possible. Enjoy, Steve. Aw, he's Steve. He's Steve. He's Steve now. F. Steve Millier. And it actually has Yeah, it used a, to be Steven. No, I. it says on the bottle, but he signed it, Steve. This is just for me. Yeah, Except he just knew Steve. it. You know, it's weird because we used to use Steve like an expletive. We'd be like, Steve. Steve!
1: I still do, don't worry. Yeah,
0: But it's cool because this has a range on it, like from dry to sweet. And this is uh, just north of... It's between medium sweet and sweet. So I think this should be a little more of a return to what we're used to and kind of what we started out enjoying the most. Mm-hmm. All right well cheers to skinny jeans and side parts. To skinny jeans and side parts. <laughs> I'm
1: wearing skinny jeans.
0: Me too. And my, and my side, my, my side part. part is
1: ruined because I was wearing a headband earlier but I normally side part as well.
0: I like it. It's really tart. It's not super bubbly and carbonated which I thought it would be. This is. Mine's usually like the Moscato sweet, the the stuff I really like, like Stella Rosa. I
1: can't drink. Well, it's yeah, bubbly. that that is a carbonated wine. Yeah, like they say it. Yeah, if it doesn't say it's a carbonated wine, it's well, not carbonated. I'm just saying, like I those can't were drink the those. wines
0: that we gravitated towards. I mean, not me, but
1: I like the sweet. I don't necessarily like the carbonated.
0: I could see like sipping this on the beach like on a summer day no no no. we're not i can see this just sitting
1: on my deck drinking we're not in
0: cape cod We're yeah we're sitting like at your parents house on the lake sipping wine after a day of sun and swimming i like it and then am i going first today you are going first oh my goodness all right well let's uh let's just dive on into this dive emily dive 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 into a bottle of wine all right, today Thanks I am Steve. <laughs> Dive into a bottle of Steve, a tall drink of Steve. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so today I'm Steve. whining about, I'm not whining about <laughs> Steve. We've, we've done enough of that. This isn't his podcast. He could start his own fucking podcast. Steve, You know, cast... or he can, he can pay us and then we'll whine more about Steve. Oh, absolutely. I will whine about a lot of things for money. I will do a lot of things for money. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Today, I am whining about Kutaloon, single wrestling female. Ooh. I am taking you back to 1260 Mongolia. It was around this time that Kutaloon was born. AC
1: or AD. AD, I'm assuming.
0: When was Genghis Khan around? AD.
1: Then yes. Current, not needing A.D. or B.C. Yes,
0: yes it is the, the year of our Lord 1260. <laughs> so star, A.D. Star date 1260 Mongolia. 1260 star hashtag Mongolia. <laughs> <laughs> so it was around this time that Kutalun was born. Uh, we obviously do not have a date Or a month or anything because that is just entirely too much to ask going this far back. Her father was Kaidu, cousin of Kublai Khan. Kutalun was also Genghis Khan's great-great-granddaughter. So, like, she's got some intense blood running (laughs) through her veins. Kaidu was a nobleman who would become one of the most powerful rulers of Central Asia by the time Kutalun was around 20 years old. His empire included territories from Mongolia to India. So he's got, like... He's ruling a lot of shit. He's a big fucking deal. He didn't do this alone, though. His daughter, Kutaloon, was a fierce warrior who accompanied him on many of his military campaigns. This included battles against Kublai Khan. It was like Ooh. her cousin or yeah. whatever. You see, at this time, the Mongol Empire, which Genghis Khan worked so hard to conquer, was beginning to fall apart. Times were changing and two primary factions emerged. And as I affectionately called them, the oldies, who were all about the old ways of killing and conquering. And then the new kids on the block, who are all about governing well in politics. So I'm like... Oh man, like I love some classic mayhem, but New Kids on the Block is kind of where we're going here, and I'm right? into it. But uh, Kutaloon and her father are a part of the oldies, so they're very much into like the warrior lifestyle. I just love that name, by the way.
1: Like every the time oldies. you say no, <laughs> Kutaloon. Every time Kutaloon. you say it, I'm just like, oh, I love that. It
0: makes me think of uh, our state's bird, hmm? Kutaloon. The loon. The loon. So, Kutaloon and her father were a part of, like, the warrior lifestyle, and Kublai Khan was a part of the new kids on the block. Naturally, this caused them to come to blows as they were fighting over ideologies and territory and all that good stuff. Music. Side
1: parts. Skinny jeans.
0: You yeah, know. Yeah. So, we're Kutalun and Kaidu bitching about the young generation with their baggy pants, their middle parts, and their obscene music, and... They are the new kids on the block who are like side parts are fucking old, you fogie. you fucking fogies. <laughs> I just, think, I'm sorry, You're but woke
1: bitches. I will stand on the hill that 30 is not old. It,
0: it makes me feel old sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, no, 30, but it's not. 30 is not old. I'm still a baby, but everyone younger than me is a goddamn fetus. <laughs> <laughs> So, because she grew up with the old warrior ways, Kutaloon was an expert horse rider, archer, and fighter. She's a badass. Yeah. Marco Polo, inventor of the famous pool game, but also, like, he traveled the Silk Road all the time and, like, recorded all this. He was an adventure explorer, all that. He met Kutaloon and described her as follows, quote... Okay, the real quick, just some reference. This is him describing her in battle. So sometimes she would quit her father's side and make a dash at the host of the enemy and seize some man there out as deftly as a hawk pounces on a bird and carry him to her father. And this she did many a time. So you've got these two big groups of people. Yeah. And she is randomly running to the enemy grabbing some dude and dragging him back to her side before anyone can be like, wait, what? You know, it's like when a hawk dives down, snatches something and brings yeah, it back to yep. you. Like, I'm like oh, I would love to see that. She sounds fierce. For all of her warrior prowess, Kutaloon was best known for one thing, wrestling. Wrestling. Wrestle, <laughs> let's wrestle. <laughs> yeah, not the kind you do in the back of a sketchy van either. This is proper wrestling. Wrestling and physical contests were important in Kutaloon's clan. Winning brought you honor, clout, and the assertion that the gods loved you while losing brought you shame. Shame, shame the non-believer. Shun. <laughs> Shun, Shun it. the non-believer. I can't even get my Foggy references right. <laughs> you young people will never understand. <laughs> So this is basically like Fight Club. Anyone could challenge anyone else regardless of skill, weight, gender, etc. So you could just like pick someone and be like, your ass is grass tonight, bitch. And then like get to prove really whether like or not that. their ass yeah. is grass. Yeah, don't you know that comes from like a, a Mongolian colloquialism? To make thine ass thine grass. <laughs> <laughs> I will good. make thine ass thy grass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is probably my favorite thing you've ever said.
0: Aw, it only took thirty years to do it. <laughs> Actually, what? Uh, eleven years of friendship. Twelve, coming on twelve. So we met yeah. in two thousand nine.
1: Yeah.
0: Is this just the episode where I'm gonna make us feel old? Yeah,
1: you are. All Thank right, you.
0: cool. Let's uh, let's just settle into it. So Kutaloon was a fixture in these matches, and she was undefeated. Ooh, fucking a. Even though Kutaloon was just one of the guys, so to speak, she was still a woman, and her father, Kaidu, desperately wanted her to get married. That's, you know what you do. You pop out a bunch of warrior kids, keep the clan going, keep fighting, do your thing. For a thing. second, I thought
1: you said, keep the clam going, and I'm like, is that some weird vaginal reference that I just don't
0: understand, because well, I'm too old? If you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> you got to keep the clam going. <laughs> So Kutaloon agreed to get married, but she had conditions. She would only marry a man who could beat her at wrestling. This is fucking brave. I'm just I just realized this. Yeah. This is the the story of the movie Brave. This is this. I will f- I will compete for my own hand. That was not even close as so I don't no. know what that was. It's okay. It's fine. No one expects that from me anyway. So any potential suitors who lost the match would own Oh, Kutaloon, 100 horses. Jesus. So people she can't must have just... had a lot
1: of horses.
0: Yeah. So people can't just like spam her with wrestling matches and then lose. Like there's something on the line for them. She began racking up horses like they were going out of style. And this is Mongolia, so they super were not. <laughs> In one instance, a potential suitor upped the ante and bet 1,000 horses that he'd win. His confidence may have been bolstered by the fact that Kaidu was really into this guy and actually begged his daughter to throw the match. Kutaloon beat his ass. Good. She made thine ass thy grass. <laughs> all in all, Kutaloon gained 10,000 horses. And Jesus. That, that figure is only more impressive when you realize that the time saying 10,000 was the equivalent of us saying a bajillion. It's just too damn many accounts. So it was like a colloquial term for so goddamn many. A fuck ton. So like, probably more than 10,000. Unfortunately, instead of accepting the fact that Kutloon was just a badass, rumors began to spread about why she wouldn't marry. Why wouldn't she want to Get some dick, guys. Why doesn't she want to marry? Well, people were saying that she was fucking her dad. Yeah. And that was the reason. Honestly, like, accusing women of incest as a way to assassinate their character is one of the oldest tricks in the book. Like, immediately, I was like, oh, yeah, they did that to Anne Boleyn. She was like, they said she was doing her brother and, like, anyone she shared any blood with, and that was all garbage. To quell the rumors, Kutaloon agreed to marry some guy. Historians argue over who it was, but who the fuck cares? The point is, he never wrestled her, so she remains undefeated. Yeah. As Kaidu got earlier... earlier? Older? Which would be later. <laughs> As Kaidu got older, he knew he had to choose a successor. Kutaloon was his first choice for very obvious reasons, but his sons took issue with this and threw a goddamn tantrum because... They're men. (laughs) So some guy named Dua became Khan, which is their word for king. Yeah. Honestly, they should have just wrestled for it. (laughs) Like, if you're man enough to wrestle me and win, you can be Khan all damn day. And you get to marry me. Yeah. Can't touch this. Can't. I'm just imagining.
1: Touch, just da, na, na. Have you ever seen those videos Don't
0: of sue like zooming? <laughs> have you ever seen a woman with like really strong thighs and like she crushes watermelon? That is how I'm imagining coutiloon. Like she almost exclusively wrestled with her legs, and like men were just watermelons between her thighs. And I literally just turned someone on mm-hmm. or made me. someone realize their fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's having a sexual. I'm having a moment right over here, <laughs> and it is intense. Then Kaidu died, and Kutalun actually guarded his tomb. So it seems like they had a positive relationship. Because she didn't become ruler, her story becomes sparse in the historical record. She is alleged to have died around 1306 in her mid-40s. How did she die? Who knows? It definitely wasn't in a wrestling match, though. Like a she... Kutalun was the inspiration for the titular character in the opera Turnadot, an Italian opera in which Turnadot, the titular character, challenges potential suitors with riddles instead of wrestling. But if the suitor loses, they die. Which I'm like, ooh, that's dark, I like it. But at least Kutalun was like getting all of these horses, which were incredibly valuable. It's interesting, though, how Kutalun's legacy is remembered Based on the audience and kind of how her story is represented or retold. So those in Eastern cultures remember her athleticism and her ferocity as a warrior. However, when she's depicted in Western cultures, she's depicted as a tough lady who finally succumbs to the virtues of love. Stop. There is no guy from the city coming to your small town bakery to teach you the meaning of Christmas and marry you. She's just going to wrestle your ass. And like it made me think of Taming of the Shrew because I remember seeing that play and I hated the ending because I was like, no, I love her. Like, why is it her changing the positive outcome of this play? Right. I love her. I want to be her. Make me a shrew. (laughs) Make me a shrew. Shrews for life. (laughs) So let's raise a glass to Kutaloon, the single wrestling female and her army of horses. Damn, girl. You just threw that wine back like it was nothing. But yeah, that was a short one. But it it was a fun story. Shorty but a goody. Like me. But I don't know. I thought it was really interesting how... Her story is slanted depending on the culture. Like, the Eastern audiences are like, yeah, she's a badass warrior, but Western audiences are like, she's a wild woman who's eventually tamed by the virtues of love. And I'm like, no. Fuck that shit. No. Right. No, I agree. Like, maybe she meets her equal and their first date is just that they're in, like, a deadlock leg grapple situation they're having a casual conversation and they start to chat and that's their first date and then they decide to like both release at the same time and that's when they build trust with each other and then they get married and have a bunch of really buff kids that all know how to wrestle, yeah. really well. Out of the womb, she has twins, and she's like, "Oh, they're wrestling in there!" Jesus Christ, <laughs> up! <laughs> they just come p- out. One of them's in a headlock. Righty. Yeah, <laughs> no, one of them comes out feet first, and he's dragging the other one <laughs> in a headlock. He's like, "Get out here, uh, bro!" <laughs>
1: that's that's really funny.
0: Love it. Hysterie head cannon. That's how twins work. Yes. Only in wrestling
1: families, though.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you want some wrestling kids, start taking that up now.
1: This is Stephanie. And Tux. From
0: the podcast
1: Beyond Reproach, a show about political scandals from American history. But it's fun, we swear. The idea behind our show is that politicians and government officials are meant to be public servants. And their behavior should be Beyond Reproach. But if history has taught us anything, it's that a lot of politicians are total scumbags. So we decided to do a show where we drink period-appropriate historic cocktails while exploring some of the government scandals and shitty politicians of America's past. We are not historians. We're just a couple of drunks who never shut up and love history.
0: We hope you'll join us on Beyond Reproach for some big facts, good laughs, A little bit of swearing, a lot of drinking, and a real good time. America's history is juicy, we just add gin. So, Kelly, who are you whining about today? Who am I whining about? Do you really want to know? I do. Okay. Desperately. I want to unlock your secrets. Ah. And it's mine (laughs) first. Please hold. I love this because you have that glint in your eye, and I'm like, oh. Drunk Kelly has arrived. (laughs) I
1: wouldn't say I'm drunk yet, but I'm getting there. All right, so today I am whining about Annette Kellerman.
0: Mm. I like that name. Annette, because you can call her Ann. Or Nettie. Nettie. Little Nettie pot. I have been wanting to cover her, and so I am very happy that we're getting to her sooner rather than later, because I've done a little reading on her, and she's really interesting. So I'm very excited. I know. I'm, like, nervous. I'm, like... I'm gonna
1: like forget something and Emily's just gonna be pissed. I'm just gonna throw the glass at your face. <sighs> Please don't. Eh. I don't have the I don't have the dodge capabilities. <laughs> Not with the way I'm sitting No, anyways. you
0: you hit Y to dodge. <laughs> <laughs> Press Y to
1: dodge. Quick time action. Yeah, right. So Annette Kellerman was born in Merrickville, New South Wales, Australia.
0: woo. woot. What's up
1: Aussies? So she was born on July 6th, 1887, to an Australian-born violinist named Frederick William Kellerman, or in my mind, Friedrich. Was that AD
0: or BC? <laughs> the year of our Lord. I was so mad when you asked that. I was like, I didn't think I needed <laughs> no, to know. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know.
1: My mind is just whatever. So, Australian-born Friedrich and his French wife, Alice Ellen Charbonnet. Oh, my God,
0: that is my new fake I name. Don't have to say Alice that's is already Alice my Alice fake Ellen name.
1: Charbonnet.
0: Alice is already my fake name. So, guys, if you met a chick at the park and you were harassing her, and she said her name was Alice, that was me. And go fuck yourself. But two, Alice Ellen. Mm-hmm. I love the name Ellen too. Charbonnet. Yep. yep. Oh my God, I just want to like. It's like Chardonnay, I know, but better because it's not actually just six Chardonnay, Bra. <laughs> oh my god! I want that to be my. I'm gonna legally change my name tonight, Alice Ellen Chardonnay. I do like that name. So Friedrich was
1: a violinist, and Alice was a pianist and music teacher. So of she's course. coming from a music musical family, of course. So at the age of six, Annette was diagnosed with rickets, or it's it's a weakness of the legs. Like, your legs are not developing correctly. And this necessitated um, her needing to wear steel braces on her legs to strengthen them. Think Forrest Gump. This is where the Forrest Gump conversation <laughs> came into play. See, guys? It all, all circles cra- back. There is a method to our madness. <laughs> yeah. um, so to, to further overcome her disability, um, her doctors recommended swimming. So her parents enrolled her in swimming classes in Cavill's Baths, which was a tidal swimming pool in the north in North Sydney in the suburb of Lavender Bay. Which
0: that just sounds fancy as fuck. I wanna sit on my deck looking out at Lavender Bay, you know, watching the Sydney Opera House in the distance. Watching the great white sharks. Wait, this sa- the... this sounds familiar. <laughs> What's up, y'all? You know who you are. Yeah, right. Can but we, I don't can, know. Can I we love come that. visit?
1: Do you have a right? spare bedroom?
0: Here's the thing. I wanna look out on the bay and watch the great white sharks wrestle with the saltwater crocs and, and then the like, whale penises. The whale penises like little tentacles.
1: Krakens are coming. (laughs) It's all horny whales. (laughs) So by the age of 13, her legs were basically back to normal due to all the swimming and stuff she was doing. And by 15, she had mastered all of the swimming strokes that she had been given and won her first race. By this time, she was also starting to give diving displays.
0: Can I just say, I love that both of our women's strength is based in like them having strong legs. legs. Yeah, we got some sexy, muscular legged ladies today. In 1902, Annette's
1: Started winning things,
0: things, things.
1: She won the ladies' a hundred yard <laughs> and the ladies' hundred yards and mile championships at the New South Wales uh, of New South Wales in the record time of one minute twenty two seconds for the hundred yard and thirty three minutes forty nine seconds for the mile. Nice. So she's setting records. Um, in that same year, her parents decided to move to Melbourne. Um, I think she- it's Melbourne. I think no, that's how the Aussie yeah, say it. with
0: Melbourne because I'm not Aussie. You're pissing off a bunch of people in a car right now, and they are not going to be happy. <laughs> Let me know. Is it, is it is it actually supposed to be
1: Melbourne? Mel, whatever. I think it's Melbourne. Because it's M-E-L-B-O-U-R-N-E.
0: Yes, because Melbourne. everything sounds like it's spelled. The French
1: taught us that. Yep. So Melbourne or Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. We know how to say that word. Um... <laughs> And um, so when they moved, she was enrolled in the Min- Mentone Girls Grammar School where her mother had accepted a music teaching position. So they were moving because her mom got a job. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you can go to school here. Cool. So during her time at the school, Annette um, started giving exhibitions of in swimming and diving um, at the Melbourne, Melbourne Baths. She performed a mermaid act at Prince's Court Entertainment Center and did two shows of day swimming with fish in a glass tank at the aquarium.
0: That would be so basically my she's dream spending job all of her free time in the water at this point. that is literally my dream job. I've always wanted to be like one of those mermaids swimming by the glass. That'd be so much fun, right. They have them at the Renaissance Festival, too. Yeah,
1: Remember? but they're not
0: swimming around. I mean, I mean, the one was. The one was in the water. Yeah. She was not swimming. She was like waist So you deep. wanted to be like Misty and her sisters. I did. Okay. I saw that. And I was like, oh, my God, get me in this <laughs>
1: anime right now. So um, in the summer of 1903, she, was per- she performed sensational high dives at Blend Holt Spectacular, The Breaking of the Drought. The breaking of the drought at the Melbourne Theatre Royale. So this, she's like performing diving for shows. Now. Yeah. Also during this time, she gained a rival. Her name was Beatrice Kerr, who was billed as quote Australia's champion lady swimmer and diver. So they were views, viewed as rivals. Although Beatrice's public challenges to Annette to meet um and do a competitive race went unanswered. Annette never. Went and challenged her. This her, is the like,
0: Gary to her Ash. Yeah, it all comes back to Pokemon and Forrest Gump. <laughs> um, in
1: 1905, at the age of 19, Annette was one of the first women to attempt to swim the English Channel.
0: Nice!
1: After three unsuccessful swims, she declared, quote, I had the endurance, but not the brute
0: strength and we covered the first woman to, to successfully so, complete the Gertrude. Um,
1: the first woman to attempt the channel crossing um, was an Austrian by the name of Baroness Walbrugge von Askenescu.
0: Okay, that's going to be my new fake name. Yep. Um,
1: <laughs> and she attempt she attempted it in September of 1900, so 5 years prior to Annette. Annette actually would later go on to challenge Inescu in a race and win. Nice. So she's like, neither of us can swim the English Channel, but I'm still better than you
0: <laughs> let's let let me find another way to prove that I am better than you right So from marathon
1: swimming and diving shows, she went on to play theaters essentially with like a vaudeville show she kind of developed, and she started playing in London and then later New York. Um, she became acquainted with controversy very early on when she began performing in um, a new one-piece bathing suit. As opposed to a drowning dress. Um, that she developed. Um, and she start- the first time she wore it was during a performance for royalty. And basically, yeah, instead of being like past your knee, it was like... Mid thigh and then like short sleeves instead of like, like a full fucking suit.
0: It was like a, tra- it was like what we would think of as a traditional one piece suit, but it had cap sleeves instead of straps. Right? No, and it had, and it had like little shorts. Like it. Oh yeah. Okay. So it was just if like, a you think of like short, a, no, if you think of like an old
1: school bathing suit, like for men, for women, like if you think of like the, what the original one piece where it has like short sleeves and then it's like mid thigh. That's what
0: she invented Okay. before they were wearing like full leg, full arm, like body suits. And that's what I was thinking when I think old, old school swimsuits. I think of like when they had the dresses. Yeah. No, she, she's
1: wearing like a tight fitting, like almost like a leotard, but not, but it actually, it's like shorts with cat and cap sleeves. How
0: dare she show the silhouette of her body. No one can know there's a body under there. Right. In 1909,
1: she started getting into movies and she would go on to star in 14 films, Damn, which we'll Annette. talk about later. She started becoming known as the Million Dollar Mermaid. Oh, my God. When a film she was in called Neptune's Daughter, which was released in 1914, was one of the first films to take $1 million at the box office. Damn. Right. During this time, while in London, she also um, shot a short, f- or she was also filmed during one of her performances that would eventually go back to Australia, and it was during this time that she helped start popularizing the sport of synchronized swimming. Oh my god! Yes, um, because in 1907, she perf- she performed the first water ballet in a glass tank at the New York Hippodrome.
0: That is incredible. And here's the thing. Synchronized swimming is so fucking impressive. It takes so much strength, so much coordination and like to do it in the water. Like, I can't even imagine. And I was a swimmer for a very long time and I'm like, I don't have the strength. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're, we're back to the swimsuit. Okay. I, I apparently split this piece up. So
1: during this whole time, Annette was a- advocating for the right to women for women to wear a one piece bathing suit. which, as we mentioned, was highly controversial. According to an Australian magazine, quote, in the early 1900s, women were expected to wear a cumbersome dress and pantaloon combinations when swimming. Although Annette later claimed to have been arrested at Reverie Beach for public indecency while wearing one of her bathing suits, there are no contemporary police records or news stories corroborating this, and she appears to have invented the
0: incident. They totally arrested people, though, for wearing quote unquote inappropriate swimsuits and they used to have people who would walk the beaches and measure the hem of your skirt. So here's the thing. I totally believe that she would be arrested and they or they just told her to like go fuck off Mm -hmm. the beach and they they just didn't write it down. Um, So despite the
1: controversy controversy her one piece swimsuits became incredibly popular and actually invented invented resulted in her designing her own line of women's swimwear called the Annette Kellerman's. And this was the first step towards modern women's
0: swimwear. I love this so much because women were not actually expected to swim for survival. Mm -mm. They were expected to get their feet wet, which is why those bathing costumes were so cumbersome and so nightmarish. And actually... Not because of swimming costumes, but the Slocum disaster where this, uh, this like ferry boat caught on fire and sank in the river. And all of these women drowned because one, they don't know how to swim because no one's teaching them because they're not expected to learn how to swim. But two, their outfits are just dragging them down because they're in these layers and layers of skirts. Women were not expected to learn how to swim for survival. And she's like, why does it have to be so damn hard?
1: Right? She's like, we can swim and look good doing it.
0: Yeah. Bitches, you know you like the way this looks. <laughs> You're just insecure about your own feelings.
1: So besides swimwear, um, Annette was ahead of her time in a lot of different ways. She actually included a drag king act in her shows. Oh
0: my God, um, she is a queen.
1: She She would wear a tuxedo and monocle and she looked quite good in it. And she called the character the English Johnny.
0: Oh my God. I didn't think I could love her more.
1: I know. She became a sex symbol uh, of the early 1900s, obviously. But she kept her sense of humor about being dubbed, quote, the perfectly formed woman. Uh, and it was the New York Times that called her that in 1912. And she actually came out and said that she found uh, the label ghastly. Like, she didn't like it. She's like, no, I yeah. don't I don't want to be stigmatized and, like, looked at just for my body. That's not what right. I'm about. Do
0: You know why they said that, though? Because she was, like, the only woman where they could tell what she looked like under 80 layers of bullshit. (laughs) They're like, well, we don't actually know what women look like, so you must be the perfectly formed woman because we can see what you look like and uh, we're into it. So the same year she got named as the
1: perfectly formed woman, um, Annette went on to marry her American-born manager, James Sullivan, in roughly November in Danbury, Connecticut. Why Danbury, Connecticut? I assume that's where he must have been from.
0: Connecticut's a... Pretty cool state. I don't know. I've always wanted to go I to mean, Connecticut, are, don't but they I feel have, like I feel like I'm not. I feel rich like there's enough. a. I was gonna say there's a rich person section. Yeah, of Connecticut. yeah. It's uh, uh. Oh, fuck, I can't remember what's. I keep wanting to say Greenwich, Greenwich Village, Greenwich. Is that in Connecticut? I know there's a Greenwich Village in New York. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But there's that one really rich neighborhood. Or area or town or whatever in Connecticut. Where where was Martha Moxley murdered? I don't even know who that is. Oh, she's uh, she was from Connecticut, Greenwich, Greenwich. I think it's called Greenwich, though. probably. Yeah, yeah, it's that's what the, I'm thinking of. A wealthy
1: enclave on Connecticut's Gold Coast, Greenwich. Yeah.
0: yeah, so that's where all like the the ritzy people live. Yeah, and she was she was a she was from one of those families and some. We still don't 100% know what happened, but some boys from another one of those families basically murdered her and helped cover it up. God, that's bullshit.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so she married her uh, American-born manager. And during this time, she was also, obviously, like besides being an advocate for women's fashion, she was also a passionate advocate for women's health. And she in 1909, she actually formulated a mail order diet and fitness program that would be undertaken by
0: 40,000 women. That is revolutionary. Yeah. She's like she's the like Jane the Jane Fonda of her <laughs> time. <laughs> All right. Oh Anyways. my god. We're
1: we're in sync. So in 1916, Annette kind of gained a new title. She became the first major actress to perform in a nude scene. Scandalous. I know she performed uh, fully nude in a role of in a movie called A Daughter of the Gods. It was actually made by Fox.
0: <laughs> I know Jesus. Are they the same ones that did Basic Instinct? Probably that everyone still loses their mind over. Um, in like, uh, unfortunately, I haven't mentioned
1: this yet because we haven't talked about too many of her films, but this film. Unlike unfortunately, most of other Annettes filmed are now considered what are known as lost films as they believe no copies of it exists anymore. Oh bullshit I'm like there has to be one copy
0: somewhere and someone's just fucking hoarding it yeah. There's some weird recluse in his basement who's like watching it over and over and has been doing that for 40 years because it was gifted by him, gifted to him by another weird basement recluse who also watched it right. over and over exactly. for 40 years. It's just... And the cycle just, just, just continues. going to continue. Yeah. So Can th- I be that basement recluse? Call me. <laughs> right. I will...
1: I will... Me and you will like... We'll combine our forces. Yeah. That way, whoever dies first, the other one still gets to carry it on and find the next basement recluse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. We have a system. We've got this. Uh, so the majority of Annette's films had themes of aquatic adventure. Obviously, that's what she loved to do. Yeah. Um, she would actually perform basically all of her own stunts in these films. Stunts that included diving from 92 feet into the sea. Diving 60 feet into
0: a pool of crocodiles. I'm sorry. I was joking about the saltwater crocs earlier. Yeah, no. She did that. It's because she's Australian and she has no fear. She's she's just living on a hellish island. They're they're actually her pets and (laughs) no one knew it. Yeah. Um, And they were named Chiquita. (laughs) um, A lot of
1: times the mermaids or other aquatic creatures that she would play would either she or the film's producers would name Annette or variations of her name. A lot of times um, she she would call them her fairy tale films. Aww. I know. That's cute. And the reason she called them that is because she, well, first, she was the first actress to wear a swimmable mermaid costume on film in a movie called The Mermaid. Aptly named. But that really paved the way for... Other people to play mermaids or sirens or other things like that. Um, You're
0: welcome, Walt Disney's The Little Mermaid. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> which uh, is an animated more like film. Splash, <laughs> oh yeah, do you remember that film? Which is funny because they were going to make Ariel blonde, but Splash was such a big deal, and they didn't want to draw comparisons. Yeah. And now everyone's like, "I'm sorry, Splash, what? Exactly? Like no one knows." So that movie. she was
1: such a big deal and and enjoyed like mermaid costumes and being able to swim in them so much that she actually went went on to design her own mermaid swimming costume and would actually sometimes make them herself for these films versus like having costume departments make She's them. She's so crafty. I love her. Right? Similar designs to what Annette made are still used by the Weekee Watchy Springs Mermaids. I'm sorry, the what? The Weeky Watchy Springs Mermaids.
0: That sounds like someone made up a name I for I Oh, you know, Camp Wiki Watchy. <laughs> like what?
1: I didn't look that up, but I'm going to, hold on, let me let me Google.
0: I want to go to Camp Wiggy Wachee. I want to be a mermaid. But did you hear what happened there 20 years ago? Jason Voorhees? On a night like tonight. <laughs> I mean, it is
1: kind of stormy out tonight. Yeah. So it's, it's. hold on. let Let, let Google, oh my God, they actually have mermaids. I want to be a mermaid, Emily. Right?
0: I went to college for all of the wrong things. So I, hold on, let me figure out where it is. You know, I also used to be really good at holding my breath because we would do uh, breath training drills and swimming. And I used to be able to hold my breath for over a minute. I don't think I could anymore. I haven't trained, but we had this one workout and it was terrible because I'd just come off taper. So I just finished training for uh, high school sections. And then I went back to my regular club swimming. And the first workout I did was first we had to dive in the water sprint our minds out 25 yards and then climb out over the bulkhead which was yeah. really hot yep. tall so it took a lot of upper arm strength and then immediately dive back in and then swim 25 yards back but underwater with without coming up for air eight lanes of people yeah I remember yeah and if we did any, something similar yeah If anyone came up for air, we all had to start over. We had to do that like 20 sometimes. The only one person literally just could not do it, so she got a pass. Yeah. But I was like, this might be how I (laughs) die. And so- because, because you're already out of breath from sprinting oh, yeah, exactly. and he said, and the coach is like, if I don't think you're sprinting hard enough, we start over. I'm like, you fucking Your say coach this. coach sounds like an asshole. He was. And so what I started doing was I started like playing with my eyes where I'm like, I'm going to keep my eyes open as long as possible. Okay. Now I'm going to close my eyes until I think I'm past the last T and you know, and I And then you're going making- to hit the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Which was fine because I could just pop back up and start breathing again. That's true. But I made it like a mind game and I was able You're to make it through. Funny.
1: Okay, so pick a state. Where do you think the weeky Springs is?
0: Oh, my God. Pick, pick a state in the state. There's so many to choose from.
1: Not really. I would narrow it down to any coastal state. Oh. Like, it's not
0: going to be in the... See, I you was going to say Alaska because that seems really stupid.
1: <laughs> or no, yeah, narrow. Alaska a coastal state. I know,
0: but that also seems really it does. Stupid.
1: <laughs> Is it in Alaska? No. Okay, I
0: was like Kelly. <laughs> I throw in a lot of shade. Here. Florida, you need to stop. It's in me. Florida.
1: Okay, well, uh, apparently it's a national park. Okay, or a state a state park. Sorry, but yeah, they, it's called the Weeki Freshwater Adventures, and so not only do they have mermaid shows, but they have like. Other, like, they have mermaid shows, riverboat cruises, wild...
0: I, w- I need to go to Florida. <clears throat> we'll go to Florida together. Just do a bunch of You can of apply to salts. work there, Emily. I could become a mermaid in Florida. Yeah. That would I'm, actually be kind of cool. I'm too scared of Florida man. <laughs> they have, like, so every... Because here's the thing. Every man is a Florida man down there. Um, they... <laughs> <clears throat> they provide employees with competitive benefits emily mm,
1: do i get 401k mm-hmm. do i get dental mm-hmm. shit health dental life 401k spending accounts paid time off and tuition reimbursement
0: oh shit we go back to school I'll be a mermaid and they'll pay me back my tuition anyways figured out my future um so
1: as i was saying a lot of her designs for mermaid costumes are still used apparently in florida um uh including one of her costumes for for her aquatic fairy which was um introduced in a movie called queen of the sea which is another lost film god damn it right she also appeared in one of the last films made in In Prismacolor, which is like a specific form of film they use,
0: Versus Technicolor,
1: which was just
0: the tits for a while.
1: (laughs) Um, This film was called Venus of the South Seas, and it was actually a production, a co-production between the U.S. and New Zealand, where one reel of 55-minute film was in Color and Underwater. That's
0: cool. Right? Is that one lost too? No.
1: Good. Um, And it was actually restored by the Library of Congress in 2004, and it is the only feature film starring Annette that is known to exist in its complete form.
0: You know what really grinds my gears? All of these really cool movies are are lost, but... We, we know somehow, they're not. But we somehow still got Birth of a Nation. Oh, the fuck. movie that almost single-handedly reignited the KKK. Yeah. Let's Fucking. Not talking a- about yeah. The president showed that shit. I know. Ah! So
1: in addition to her pretty illustrious film and stage career, Annette would actually go on to write several books. She wrote books called How to Swim, Physical Beauty, How to Keep It, and a uh, a book of children's stories entitled "Fairy Tales of the South Seas" and um, an autobiography called "My Story" that actually never got published.
0: Oh, I know. Like, can we find the manuscript and just publish it as is? That would be cool. Can we get on that?
1: That would be nice. Hey, Recluse um, is
0: in your basement. I know you have connections. Let's do this.
1: <laughs> she also wrote um, mail order booklets, which I'm like, are were, were they like spam? Um, But it was on health, beauty, and fitness that was called The Body Beautiful.
0: It was, um. do you remember Zoo Books back in the day? Yeah. Yeah, it was those, except advertised in the newspaper instead of on 90s TV commercials. Or do
1: you remember like when you went to the dentist or like doctor when you were young and they had those like, I can't remember what the comic books were, but they were not the comic books, the magazines, but they were for kids and yeah. they had like search it, find it's and yeah. shit like that. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, there was one, it was called like Critter. Or caterpillar, something like that. Or yeah, something that was See like for something. Kids. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think that's the same one I'm thinking of. So Annette was actually a lifelong vegetarian, and she would go on to own a health food store in Long Beach, California.
0: Damn, she's doing everything. <laughs>
1: um, and that was something she did late, like later in life, kind of after she was off film and stage. Um, she remained highly active well into old age. She continued swimming and exercising. Um and she and her husband actually returned to living in Australia, like because obviously she moved to the United States at some point because yeah. most of these things were done in the United States. Um, but she, her, and her husband returned to Australia in 1970 to kind of like live out their lives in Australia. Oh, that was so why recent. the hell not? Um, she was actually honored in 1974 by the International Swimming Hall of Fame in Florida, and that's AD. Yes,
0: <laughs> no BC.
1: Everything else was eighty, but that one date was B.C. Yeah, it's it's fine. Um, Annette would actually go out to outlive her husband, probably because she was a swimmer and they tend to keep very fit. Um, And she died in the hospital in Southport, Queensland, Australia um, in November of 1975, age 88.
0: That is so wild because that was not very long ago. And how is she not up there with like Greta Garbo and Gene Kelly like all these other old Hollywood names that we know? Because she kind of did everything. And if you think about it, what a great archetype for the modern celebrity, where she starts out as an athlete, breaks into movies, starts diversifying with her own personal brand, writing books, making, making swimwear. She has her own line of swimwear, right? And then health she opens up her own shit? restaurant. Yeah. No, like she's no, 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 no. She's was, had a line. It was line like a health,
1: It was like a health store.
0: Okay, well. You know what I mean, though. She's starting her own business, right? Like, oh, she did like everything. She's a straight-up mogul. She was a badass. God, Annette Kellerman, honey.
1: So, like I said, she died at eighty-eight. She was cremated, and her remains were scattered in the Great Barrier Reef. Her and her oh. husband never had any children, though.
0: So, no,
1: like, like, no blood legacy. But yeah. she does have a legacy. Um so what what's interesting the one of the reasons um so New York Times called her what what did I say like the perfect specimen of a woman or the whatever the perfect
0: woman Yeah. or the perfect shape of a woman The
1: reason they might have got that is actually in 1908 um Dudley A Sargent of Harvard University studied 3000 women and dubbed Annette the perfect woman because of her physical attributes
0: based on the Venus de Milo. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not going to deny that Annette was hot, all right? Like, she does it for me. But this one dude comparing 3,000 women to a painting- of a not actually real woman that was also just another dude's interpretation of beauty to determine what the perfect woman looked like is the like but she was like shakiest shit i have ever so not only
1: was she dubbed the perfect woman by him but during the fox film series she did including the one that she was the first nude scene yeah she was often billed as australia's perfect woman
0: like again no knocking her appearance. She was. Oh, she's she was fucking a gorgeous. Go- I mean, woman, she was a sex symbol. But she like, was fucking gorgeous. What the? This one dude just looking at pictures of three thousand women, comparing them to a painting of a fictional person. I know. Is like uh, that's this just is creepy. My, this is my scientist. He's the recluse in the basement who has the movies. <laughs>
1: right. We need to. We need to figure
0: out who his contacts are. To we figure found- out if he died.
1: Who he yeah, moved them to? We
0: found patient fucking zero of <laughs> right? creepy basement recluses. You guys, seriously, can I do that? Can I compare three thousand pictures of men to the picture like David, Da Vinci's David. David? Well, I was thinking like, uh, was it the the Da Vinci's man? Oh, uh, um, the Vitruvian, the Vitruvian man. man. Yeah, can I do that and determine who the most perfect man is? No, Hugh Jackman. That would be the okay. <laughs> That was real. That was a good one. He is also Australian. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a theme. What we have determined is that perfect people come from Australia. Yeah. Not everyone from Australia is perfect, but all perfect people come from Australia.
1: All That's right, what we got cool. So <laughs> while most of her films, almost all of her films were lost, um, Annette's large collection of costumes and theatrical mem- memorabilia did survive, and was actually bequeathed to the Sydney opera house Aww. and today many of her costumes and items um are still held not by the opera house anymore but by the powerhouse museum in sydney australia where you can go and see
0: them well now we have a reason to go to sydney australia right so they while sydney
1: has a lot of her costumes the mitchell library which is the state library of new south wales has a lot of her personal papers and like things that she wrote which is really really cool so other things that have come about, So this is her legacy, by the way, if I did mention that. Um she was perp- portrayed by Esther Williams in the film A Million Dollar Mermaid, which is a film about her. She does have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on Hollywood Boulevard. I
0: was going to ask, thank God,
1: right? So there there is an award-winning Australian documentary called The Original Mermaid, which was about Annette, which was produced in 2002. There's a swimming complex, which was opened in 2010 in Merrickville, named after her. Aww. Um, there is a suburb. So, okay. The streets in the suburb of Halt in Australia, in the capital of Canberra. Jesus, Australia, what is with your naming schemes? Um, but they're all named after Australian sports people, and there is a Street named the Kellerman Close, which is named Ooh. after Annette. Um in twenty sixteen X Swimwear, which is a made to a made to measure swimwear line, so real fancy. Yeah. Um launched a custom swimsuit called the Kellerman after her. Love it. So yeah, there if you go on like Wikipedia or anything else, there is a bunch of like you can look at the different roles she played. But yeah, unfortunately a lot of them are not around anymore. Yeah. But yeah, she has her books that you can, I think you can still find. It's probably harder to find, but you can still find them.
0: Um, but yeah, that's Annette Kellerman. Damn. Well, thank you for sharing. That is, I love swimming ladies. I That's know, like, so I, cool. I don't remember
1: how I happened across her. I think it was something, like, with mermaids, and because yeah. like, I was looking at, like, sports women, because I cover a lot of science women, and I was like, yeah. hmm, maybe I should branch out. <laughs> and something about her just struck me, and I'm like, ooh, I need to cover her. And I don't know, and I was like, she might be on Emily's list, but I'm going to cover her unless I've Emily been, covers her first. I've
0: been thinking about it, but I'm glad you got to cover her because someone needed to, because uh, she's just incredible. And now it's done. It's done. Now we never have to think. Now about Now we know her about Australia's again. perfect woman. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, her
1: I, uh, and Hugh Jackman should have gotten together and had perfect babies. Except that you know they were born at completely opposite times. Hey,
0: here's the thing. There's a reason for that because they would have been so perfect that literally looking. Yeah, at Yeah, no, would have their children like
1: would have been born, and everybody else in the world would have just died because they would have looked at the baby and been like, "It's too much."
0: Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's something. Mystical about this baby that my brain and body can't handle, and now I'm disintegrating. You're supposed to be drunk, and I'm drunk.
1: <laughs> Clearly, Justin's driving you home. That's fine. I wine.
0: Stop spilling wine, Kelly. Get more drunk, Emily. Uh, so Kelly, what are no, you? No, I went first okay. last
1: time. Emily, what are you thinking? Hey,
0: I always I wait, and you stare at me, and then you we know sit in I silence. wasn't staring at you. I was pouring wine, and you were Poorly. just like. Me. You were poorly pouring wine. <laughs> oh, you love me anyways. I do. Um, I am thankful because I recently got the opportunity to model again. Oh, yeah. Which, it's been like, oh. Did it go well? Yeah, it went very, very well. Uh, I did wear a swimsuit because it was for a, a college class where it wasn't strictly figure drawing. <laughs> no, yeah. <I'm> kidding.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we
0: don't want to offend people's sensibilities, even though everyone- Otherwise, you're going to be canceled, anything.
1: like Eminem. <laughs> And bitch. side parts and skinny jeans. Bitch, you can
0: try and cancel this body, but no, yeah. it was uh, it was cool because the perfect
1: uh, Minnesotan woman.
0: Yes, bread, <laughs> tater tot, hot dish, fed and bread. Oh, I really want tater hot hot dish now. Thanks. You got Chinese food. You're fine. <laughs> Just not eat fat. the same, right. Emily. But uh, one fills
1: you up for like two days. One fills you up for twenty minutes.
0: This is true. Tater tot hot <laughs> dish is pretty dense. But uh, it was really fun. So the last time I modeled was uh, the beginning of last year. Like it's been,
1: yeah, I feel like it's been
0: like a year. Um, I worked with uh, with an art group at the Art Center. And I was going to do some more again, I think, like in April. But then, you know, of course, COVID happened, which I feel like is just the byline for all of 2020. But then COVID. You but know? then
1: COVID. Oh, plans, How was your 30th but then birthday? COVID. COVID.
0: Yeah, but then COVID. Well, I was going to do this, but then this, COVID. This
1: summer. I'm going to fucking actually have a party to celebrate the fact that I turned 30. Ow, I just
0: kicked my own chair. The wine should make you impervious to pain. You clearly have not drank
1: enough. You no, know, it was like in that weird spot on your like shit, not shin, yeah. your like heel where it actually hurts. Yeah. Your heel funny bone.
0: But it was, it was fun because uh, the instructor I got to work with was actually the first instructor I worked with when I started doing figure drawing modeling. Mm-hmm. So I had modeled a little bit Steve. before that for no. photos. I know his name is
1: not Steve, yeah. but that's what it makes me think of.
0: Um, and he's always been very supportive and he was actually really important in helping me like figure out how to model for figure drawing mm-hmm. without being like, you're doing it wrong. You'd be like, oh, hey, like if we're doing fast poses, Turn so everyone gets a different angle, and you know, that kind of thing. Here's my
1: thing if I knew I could wear a swimsuit to model, I would do it. Something I really so if you know he needs more
0: models, I want to do it. <laughs> no, I want to do
1: it. Let me know. Like, no, if he, no, if he wants other body yeah. shapes, love it,
0: but uh, or scars or tattoo. I don't know, no, and that's but seriously something I really enjoy about figure drawing modeling is one. It really doesn't matter what you look like. I wish I had the confidence to do that because I don't. But two, they do appreciate a variety of body types because it gives you an opportunity to draw different kinds of human forms but it's it was really, it was a lot of fun so i got to work with him again and it's funny cuz he does this thing where i'll like strike a pose he's like are you sure you can hold that and i was like well now i fucking bitch have watch to. me yeah i'm like your doubt sustains me <laughs> it's like it's sustaining you through the
1: jungle emily
0: yes i yeah. will not be
1: a ghost i will sustain this bitch yeah because
0: you think i'm going to die i have to do it now But I don't know, it was it was really fun. Modeling has been really important for my relationship with my body. It also really helped me uh, post sexual assault with like forming a better non-sexual relationship with my body because I'm in a room full of people I don't know, totally naked. And hey, look, it's the most non-sexual thing ever, even though. All signs point to just, it being weird.
1: I'm so proud of you for being able to do that because as much as I like, like I wish I was that comfortable in my body to do that. Like, and I, I don't think I'll ever have the opportunity to do that, but I kind of wish I would, but like I said, like I, I wish I would have the opportunity to do it like in a swimsuit. Cause maybe that would open the doors for me being comfortable doing it in other ways. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it because the, the most important thing is just being able to strike different poses and know you can hold them. That That's literally the most important thing and to be able to strike like different dynamic poses. It doesn't matter what you look like. It just matters that you can hold the pose. But yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. I've missed doing it. Uh, so hopefully there are more opportunities in the future now that things are slowly opening back up within safe restrictions. So, yeah, that's what I'm thankful for. Kelly, what are yes. you thankful for? What am I thankful
1: for? Besides being drunk? I was
0: going to say, you've had all of my rambling to think about it. I, don't, I wasn't thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, you did not take advantage of that time at all. All. I dragged it out so I... long.
1: No, you didn't. You well, like talking about
0: yourself. I
1: really. <laughs> Let's see, what am I thankful for? I'm I'm thankful for, I'm going to go with my, I've said it before, but I'm going to go with my coworkers because I've kind of, I've kind of had a rough week with like my stomach wise. Like ever since my surgery, my stomach has been kind of on and off sensitive and Emily knows this too because I, I was supposed to go on a walk with her early in the week and she was like, Are we walking? And I'm like, My stomach is just going, Fuck
0: you, Kelly. Which I thought I was dying from the inside out for like a year. So I get stomach issues. Right. Exactly. And I don't know why this week has been so bad.
1: Cause I'm like, What have I eaten? And I can't, I can't think of anything. But um, my coworkers have been really, really cool and really, really nice this week. Like, I haven't, luckily, I haven't had to take any time off or anything. Like, cause I've had that before where I've just been like, so lunch fucked me over and I'm going to be in the bathroom for the rest of the day. Have yeah. fun. um. Whether it's, you know, whatever. You know, and I've had to do that. Luckily, I've only had to do it like once or twice because I, I know myself well enough to, you know, kind of know like this is super sweet. This is going to make me sick or, you know, this is super fatty. It's going to make me sick. But like just this week, I've just I've been I've been off. And I I know it because ever since like last Friday, like last Friday I had an absolutely horrible mental health day. Like it was, like the only good thing about last Friday was my recording with Emily. That was it.
0: Which didn't end up recording. No, you know, but that was on
1: Saturday that I found out it didn't record. So, you know, it was fine.
0: You you texted me, we have a problem. And my mind went to like, are we being sued? Are we being canceled? Like. Like the worst possible things. And when you, and no when one can cancel said, us, Emily. <laughs> no one can cancel this body. But when you said that the episode just didn't record, I was like, were like Is Oh, thank that God. Oh, Jesus. You're like, We've don't had that problem me. before. Pssh. Fuck, we're ahead. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I know.
1: I was thankful for that. Like, it wasn't yeah. like, by the way, it's Saturday and we need to release an episode in two yeah. days and we have nothing. No.
0: <laughs> thank God. The things we do for you people like being prepared and staying ahead. <laughs> um but no like
1: so Friday I had an absolutely like
0: horrible
1: mental health day. And I worked the whole day though cuz I was like I'm already here. Like I'm just going to fucking get through it. But my coworkers were super nice and I was like I asked like the person I work one on like one on one with that helps me support the customers I support cuz we like jointly do it. And I was like do you mind if I take Monday off? I'm like, it's Easter weekend, which means like, luckily my husband's family is fully vaccinated or, you know, enough that we can get together. So it was like, I knew we were getting together with them. And then my family's getting together outside. Cause most of us are vaccinated, but the ones that aren't, you know, like we're outside. Luckily it was super fucking nice, <laughs> you know? So it was like, my mental health is already shit. I'm not used to seeing large groups of people. I was like, there is no way that I'm gonna be able to function on Monday. Like I just I just knew it.
0: You're gonna expend all of your emotional and mental energy dealing <laughs> like, with people. I'm
1: already at like negative twenty and I need to deal with people for the rest I have of the weekend.
0: Zero spoons left, you guys. Luckily,
1: Emily Honestly, hanging out with you always gives me spoons back. So, like, by the time I, like, got into Saturday, I was, like, at, like, two spoons. But, yeah, by the time I got into Monday, I was, like, I'm at, like, negative
0: 20, guys. That's who I would be if I was an NPC in a video game. I would be the spoon vendor. Do you want a spoon? No? Okay, good.
1: I need the spoon. May I
0: offer you a spoon in these troubling times?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I took a spoon to the knee, guys. (laughs)
0: god damn and i feel so much better <laughs> right. i got a spoon mac i'm so happy thank you god um, it's raining spoons but yeah i want to say like
1: honestly like on monday i swear i i slept probably 80 percent of the day like so i slept in i don't remember what time i got up but i got up and i was up for like two to three hours and then i was like fucking exhausted and then i went back to like I went back to sleep until like 7 p.m. I'm not even joking. Like, I got up. I did a few, like, I'm trying to remember if Justin worked or not. I can't remember. I don't, I think he worked. And so, like, I got up. I had lunch with Justin. I did nothing. I went back to sleep until like 7 p.m. I made dinner. I watched a few shows with Justin, and then I went back to sleep. Sometimes you but need it was, that though. Oh no, 100% I need it. Cause like come Tuesday, like I didn't have a great week this week, but luckily it wasn't like mental health stuff. It was just like, there wasn't a lot to do at work. And then when there was stuff to do, it was all like rework, which just pisses me off. Cause I'm <laughs> like, why? You know? And then like, I was, I was, I had like a, I was one of the, it was just one of those weeks that I was tired.
0: Yeah. I a hundred percent. And then like I said,
1: I. As I previously said, I was having stomach issues, you know, yeah. like, but like my coworkers were super chill about it. The other one I work one on one with was also like, this whole week, we're both like, I'm tired. Can I go to sleep? <sighs> and I, I like, I asked her today, I'm like, what are you doing this weekend? And she's like, sleeping. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. But so I'm just, I'm really thankful for like coworkers that like, maybe not necessarily understand, but can commiserate with me. Like, yeah, they aren't necessarily going through the same things I'm going through, but they're like, hey, I understand that you're going through shit. I get it. It's fine. Like the one I work one-on-one with was like, take Monday off. It's fine. Like, and it was funny because originally she, like when I asked her, I was like, hey, do you mind if I take Monday off last Friday? And she was like, I was thinking about taking Monday off. I'm like, no. You take Monday, like, because I'm one of those people. I'm always
0: the and if you put everybody your before too, exactly. It's fine, you just one, no, I'll lay in the street. You can run me over. You can even back up over me. It's fine. And you take Monday, off. exactly. Well, and
1: I was like, okay, maybe I'll just you know, I'll I'll suffer through the week and I'll take like Friday off, or you know, like I was trying to think of like some other way I could do it in my head. And she was like, you know what, I'm gonna wait. And so she's taking. I think she's taking like next. Friday, and then the following Monday off her, you know she's going like on a mini like four day vacation, I was like, "Okay, sweet, but you know, like I'm just really thankful for coworkers that if they even if they don't understand, are at least like caring enough to be like, "Hey, I understand you're going through some shit, you take care of you,
0: I think it is." So important, not just at work, but just in life in general to be able to at minimum sympathize with people or try to empathize in the ways that you can because you may not understand what they're going through or you may not relate or you, you know, but to understand, hey you're struggling I have also struggled and to have people that support you when you need that time to recharge recuperate or if your body is not acting the way you want it to having that support is so important and especially at work
1: because
0: right. yeah on the weekend I can stay in bed all day and feel shitty if I need to that's fine but uh, you know missing work and we're we're so conditioned where if you are not at work you are letting everyone down like it is such a negative thing to miss work
1: oh I hate I hate like I even hate asking for like a day off yeah like even though I have a boss and like coworkers that are super supportive like that moment where I'm like I want to take some time especially when it's like for a mental health day yeah when it's not like I'm doing this or I have a doctor's appointment or like x y and z like when I'm just like no I need time like on Monday, I need time to sleep for like 80% of my day. Yeah. Like I have such a hard time asking for that, but knowing that I have coworkers that are like, hey, I understand. Or like sometimes, like my coworker today was like, hey, do you mind if I skip lunch and leave half an hour early? And I'm like, yeah, go for it. You know, like knowing that I have coworkers that, I can ask and be like, hey, I'm feeling this way, or hey, I need this. And like, they 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 actually respond. Exactly.
0: I'm glad. And I'm glad you're able to have that day to recuperate and take care of yourself because otherwise, you're not helping anyone if you can't take care of yourself. And I
1: didn't even realize, like, it was one of those things that I didn't even realize, like, how much I needed it until, you
0: You know, I woke up at seven. Exactly. (laughs) I woke
1: up at 7 p.m. and I was like, Damn, it's 7 p.m. you know, and then I was yeah. up until like 10 and then I went to bed again.
0: You make me want to crawl into bed right now though. I'm like how I'm good I'm actually not that sound? probably cuz I'm drunk cuz I'm like woo, us <laughs> like
1: do shit. We have to um, record
0: one more episode after and this that. and all I want to do now is crawl into bed because that sounds so All I'm like, I want to, to do is sleep all day right all now. All <laughs> I want to do is eat
1: because Ooh. dinner did not fill me up. Yeah.
0: Well, that's cuz you know it was Chinese 20 word. minutes have come and gone very quickly. Anyways, let's wrap this up. In in
1: my, like, 20-minute conversation, I am thankful for my coworkers. Aw. Well,
0: if any of them are listening, you guys are
1: awesome. And I I count you as a pseudo-coworker because I'm, I'm glad and I'm thankful for the flexibility that you give me with this podcast.
0: I love you. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Whining About History. Please like us on Facebook at Whining About Herstory, Instagram at WAHpod, and rate us five stars wherever five. you listen. It's free, and it really, 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 really helps us. And makes other people find us. Yeah, that's how it helps us.
1: We also have a Twitter, WAH underscore pod. Our website is Whining About Herstory at... G- no. Our website is Whining About Our email is Whining About at G... Oh, my God. Our website is whining
0: <laughs> stop laughing. How many times have we done this? It has been two damn years.
1: <laughs> our website is whining about and our email is whiningabouthstory at gmail.com, where we would love to hear from you whether it's women you want us to cover or just like a hey, I listen to your podcast. I'm from Sydney and you should let us come to your house. Uh, <laughs> s- subtle plug. Please let us come visit you.
0: <laughs> I was talking with someone the other day. I'm like, I need to make more friends with like who live in cool places. So I have an excuse to visit there and a couch to crash Well, we're already going to we're already
1: gonna go to D.C. Yes. That is our To plan. visit a
0: tour of her own.
1: Yes. So anywhere else. Anywhere else people want us to come. Just let us know where we can stay. And have a couch. Yeah. Or or a really, really cheap like hotel option. Yes. That does not have bed bugs.
0: I was gonna say where I won't get murdered, probably. And that. Yes. Um We also oh, have a Patreon. Uh hey. Patreon.com forward slash whining about hirstory where you can join for as little as one dollar a month. Dollar. $1, dollar,
1: one dollar! We also have a Teespring. If you go to Teespring.com and search of whining about Hurstory, we have some pretty sweet merch you can get your hands on. And maybe horny
0: whales will be on there too. (laughs) Or what was I saying? Thine ass will be thine. (laughs) Thine ass will be thine crap. Guys, seriously, if you ever hear something in an episode where you're like, I want that on a sticker or a shirt or anything No, send
1: it to us on any social media. I will make it a We will make it a
0: shirt. I bought that Canva premium membership for a goddamn reason. Yes. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Whining About History. I'm Emily. I'm Kelly. And have an empowered day. Bye! Bye.